0: Nice.
1: Welcome to the Let's Go Racing Family Podcast, sharing our love through NASCAR, running, and just
0: racing through life. Hosted by Sebastian, Giovanni, Karen, Tony, and me, Johan. Each week, we'll
2: talk about our view of the world through the lens of racing.
3: Welcome back to the Let's Go Racing Family podcast in season two. This week, we're going to be going and over doing an overview of Homestead and Las Vegas, as well as talking about racing through life and the track house racing YouTube documentary and
1: International Women's Day. Let's go ahead and start with Homestead, shall we? Like, the first two races, we had a unexpected winner, not one of the big ones. We had William Byron winning the race. That was pretty cool to see him up there.
0: Yeah, he, he actually led 102 laps out of 267 laps.
1: And I think it's crazy how, for the 2021 season, we've had a Michael McDowell, a...
3: Christopher Bell and William Byron winning. It's actually kind of cool to see that we're getting a bit more um, of different drivers winning rather than seeing your Kyle Busch and uh, Kevin Hamlin. Harvick, Denny Hamlin, Martin Church Jr. I mean, besides Michael McDowell, I didn't really. I wasn't happy seeing so. Anyone. Everyone are, else has been cool.
0: These are actually all the winners from, including like the the duels were Armorola and Dylan, the clash was Kyle, and then what you guys said.
4: Yeah, I think it's good for the sport. To see multiple drivers winning shows that this sport has got a lot of talent, a lot of guys that can get up there and, and race and do well. We've talked about the fact that NASCAR has undergone a lot of changes with drivers. I mean, great Hall of Fame drivers leaving the sport year after year over the past 10 years. And to know that there are just great talented drivers that are there to to kind of take up the mantle is is a good thing. And these are all young drivers, uh, with the exception of McDowell. He's a little older, but the other drivers that have won and done well early in the season are all really young. So they're going to be around for for quite a while.
2: Yeah, it is pretty cool to see. That's something that I was I, I took notice um, in this last race was that we're starting to see cars that last season were towards the back towards the middle and the back are now actually racing in the front you know like you know we're talking about michael mcdowell he won the 500 then in the road course he like finished top 10 as well and had again mistake. in and again in homestead also had a good finish you know he finished six and it's like oh my goodness like this guy is actually for real, you know, like he's actually driving. Maybe and, had he
4: not uh, tried to take out Bubba Wallace in the all-star race last year, maybe this our family might be a little bit more supportive and exciting, excited to see him up there. But uh, yeah. yes,
2: exactly. But seeing like well. these, seeing these these drivers like Chris Busher, like seeing him up there, you know, and, and he was in second He finished second, but he was in second and had there been a few more laps, you know, he probably would have caught up to William Byron. But to see him up there, you know, as uh, opposed as opposed to like seeing like Denny Hamlin and one of these, you know, the big four, you know, the big four guys up there is really great. I think it's really great for the sport because you're getting all these different drivers that we're now seeing that are uh, being competitive. And it's not just the same, you know, guys. And so I think. Seeing this, I don't know what's going on with the cars this year, but clearly, I don't know if it's the setup or what, but clearly people who, drivers who weren't as dominant last year are showing up this year.
4: Well, isn't isn't it still true? There's no practice and there's there's really no practice and qualifying is just qualifying and then you basically go and run. There's so, only
0: eight races that have all of those.
4: That all, have all of what?
0: Practice and qualifying in the race.
4: But have we had any so far? Daytona We're, 500. They had practice and and qualifying, qualifying, but since then, nope, no. So that's, that's my point is that it kind of evens the playing field because if you're a more seasoned driver and we saw this last year, and I think this is one of the reasons why, why Kyle Busch struggled so much last year, he's so talented. There's, you know, probably arguably one of the most talented drivers in the sport, but he's, he's just so good. And what we found out is how good he is. And making those tweaks and working with the team to get the car right through practice. And, you know, we found out how important that was to him last year because there was no practice. After COVID, there was no practice. So everybody just had to go out there and race what they had. And it was hard to adjust. Uh, You had to adjust during the race. And so you take that away. And those seasoned drivers that they can use that practice time to get things just right. They don't have that advantage anymore. So you're just out there. Everybody's got what they got.
2: It's interesting that you're saying that because in this homestead race, at the beginning of the race, which is in the daytime, the Penske cars were doing really well. They were up there. And, you know, uh, Brad Kozolowski, I think, was the most dominant of the Penske cars. And as the as night started to fall, the Penske cars didn't make adjustments. That was something the announcer the announcer said. They said they need to make um they're not making the necessary adjustments. Um again, because they don't have time, you know, to, to do the practice and 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 figure out these things. Well, they didn't, I don't think they made the adjustments because the Penske cars did not do
0: well. They all finished, you know, below 15. Maybe it's because they ha- their cars were morally for the day, and maybe they thought, oh, this isn't just gonna be a day Miami race. Well, let's go with day cars. It and could be that. And their plan plan epically failed and they lost.
1: The fact that we've had these drivers that usually don't win, win, make it gives me hope that people like Bubba Wallace or Daniel Suarez will be able to win this season.
4: Yeah, that'll be super exciting to see those guys get up there. Uh, and again, these young drivers, they're not just getting up there at the last minute. Now, you can argue with Daytona 500 and we've all said it before, with those super speedway races, a lot of times it's being in the right place at the right time. But when you look at the fact that, um, who was our winner at Homestead, Johan?
0: William Byron.
4: Number 24 in the Exalta Chevrolet. He led the most laps. He led 102 laps. So it wasn't just a guy that happened to be up there at the right time. And he led four different times. That means he had he lost the lead. And he had to drive back up and grab it four different times, and that was second um, most times to doing that to Chris Buescher.
2: Yeah, he won that. Five he also times. won stage two and the race. So yeah. from stage two, or actually from the middle of the race to the end, he was a pretty dominant car.
4: Yeah. So, so anyway, it's it, it's it is exciting to see this, and we'll see how it plays out. In the following race, which we're going to hit on uh, in just a moment, the uh, Las Vegas. I, but before we wrap this up, any last uh, yeah, uh, I, I just
2: wanted to mention that Daniel Suarez finished uh, 15th in this race. So I think that was that's a really good finish, like top 15, especially for him. You know, getting a feel for his car, for his new team, for this new car, and being on. This was the first time that they were for this season on a one and a half.
4: And, and, and actually super important uh and we're going to talk a little bit more about it uh, you know Giovanni mentioned that in this uh, week's episode we're going to talk about track house racing there was actually a documentary that they did it was a YouTube movie it was about 45 minutes great watch so we'll we'll talk about it in a second but in it it actually takes you through the the this race uh, as as part of it and it's a big deal because as as you all know pitbull is a is a co-owner of that team one of the owners And, uh, you know, Miami's his home, you know, the 305. And so it was a big deal to have a good, strong showing. And again, this team did not exist last year. And to come out and really do really well in Daytona in in the 500, you know, raced up there for qualifying, but then unfortunately got caught up in a wreck that wasn't his fault and was done to come back and actually finish top 20 the very next week in the Daytona road course, different type of racing, but did well. And then to back that up with a really strong top 15 finish at Homestead just goes to show you that this team has something they're building and and there's a lot of excitement. We'll talk more about Trackhouse a little bit later. um, But yeah, very exciting to see him up there and to do well in front of the hometown crowd down there in in, in Miami. It did feel a little bittersweet watching that race. Uh, I think, honestly, it's it's become one of our adopted home races. I mean, i our home track is Daytona. That's going to always be my favorite.
0: That's actually my favorite track. Is
4: it your favorite? What do, what do you got? Is that like one of your top r- tracks? Or if not, yeah. what is your track? It's my track?
0: favorite track. Not only because it's, it's my home track, big wrecks and like crazy winners. And it's just a fun race.
3: I would say it probably is one of my favorite tracks. I mean, my favorite track
1: is Kentucky because, you know, I'm a Louisville boy. But But you've
0: never even been to that track to watch uh, a
4: race. It's got to be a track uh, you've
1: been to. Oh, I would say either Bristol or Indianapolis. And I have been there. So you can't deny that. Those are, hey, Bristol. No one will deny you
0: Bristol. That
4: one's a good one. Well, I will tell you, honestly, Homestead is probably one of my top tracks. Believe it or not, there's some emotion to it. I saw each of my boys watch their guy win a championship in that track while we were there. Um, that's where Giovanni had his viral moment, where we got to record him literally in tears of joy when Joey Logano crossed the finish line. That that video actually went viral. Um, you made know, made it on the
0: NASCAR yeah, race sub.
4: It made it on the NASCAR race hub. You guys were on TV. You had your the, your. They say the fifteen minutes of fame. You had your like point one point five seconds of of fame with that one. Um, Sebastian the very next year got to be at the track when Kyle Busch won, and so to watch. My sons watch their drivers win. It is just a special thing. To, and it was the end of the year. It's a big race. So I always will love Homestead. Plus, I love Miami. And even though, let's be honest, it's not really in Miami. It's near Miami. Um, but I I did, I do love that track. So um, anyway, did you have a, a thought, Johan, do you want to talk about?
0: And you forgot about the greatest NASCAR driver.
4: Yeah, All yeah, the yeah. The the maybe the second That's or true. third greatest dr- NASCAR driver, yeah. Jimmy Johnson, after Dale Earnhardt mm-hmm. Sr. Yes, we did see Jimmy Johnson win his seventh championship, and that was Johan there mm-hmm. celebrating. So, again, Homestead will always have a very special place in my heart, and and in our family's heart. So that that it was a little bittersweet watching that race, not being being down there. Uh, We talked a little bit last week how that was in our plans and things change. You know, life changes. We move on. But we'll be back at the track at some point this year. uh, And hopefully we'll be back at Homestead next year. So any last comments on the Homestead race before uh, we run off to talk about Las Vegas? Yes, Johan.
0: Actually, it's not a comment about this Homestead race, but um, I really love this 2016 one. It was a fun one.
4: (laughs) Why? Why? Tell our audience why.
0: Because... Jimmy Johnson won a seven championship, and not only that is, I I I don't like wrecks, but I like big wrecks, and there was actually a big wreck.
4: Who was in that big wreck? Do you remember?
0: Ka- uh, Carl Edwards, Martin Truex Jr. I'm just oh, that's video.
4: right. I remember that. That was the crazy one because that was the one where Joey was um, leading.
0: That was the one where Joey went down.
4: Yeah, that was that was Carl Edwards' swan song. Well, listen, now that we're done with the Jimmy Johnson love fest. Why don't you take us through the top five for the Homestead race?
0: The top five for the Homestead-Miami race was um, William Byron winning the race, Tyler Reddick in second, Mark Tricks Jr. in third, Kyle Larson in fourth, and Kevin Harvick in fifth, and Michael McDowell just there in sixth.
4: Karen, where did everybody finish in terms of our race picks? Uh, did anybody get points?
2: Yes. Uh, Sebastian got points with his driver. And Johan got points.
1: Who are your picks, guys? Do you Mm -hmm. remember? My pick was, I think, Kevin Harvick.
0: My pick was Kyle Larson. He finished fourth.
4: Yeah. So Kevin Harvick had a top five and Kyle Larson also a top five. So you guys were the only two that got points.
1: Speaking of Kyle Larson, that leads us to the Las Vegas race where he took home the victory. The subject of one of our first bonus episodes, Kyle Larson won Las Vegas.
4: It was a subject because of a controversial topic, Mm -hmm. because of uh, something unfortunate that he said. And he's learned a lot. Uh, Kyle Larson is a symbol of, you know, uh, second Second chances. chances. And uh, he got a great second chance um, from as we as he calls him. Mr. H, uh, Rick Hendrick, and he actually got put in a great car in a great situation. And he's he is a good talent. He's a great talent. He's honestly
3: been showing some like really good performance recently. Like uh, at um, the Daytona road course, he did really well. It was just unfortunately he he got out. Yeah, he spun out in a turn and a turn. And then at uh, Homestead, he got third. And now here we got fourth. He won.
2: He got and his car was dominant mind. from the get-go because at the very start of the race, there was a like a battle between the 9, the 5, and the 24. Like they were just going at it, you know, kept switching positions. So clearly his car was a very strong car coming into Vegas.
4: Well, one, one of the metrics that I always look at to see how dominant a car or driver has been at a race is not just the number of laps they led, which he led the most at 103 laps but it's the times that he led the race which meant he fell back and had to drive his way back to the front and he also was the 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 top driver taking the lead six different times again leading for 103 laps on his way to his first victory in 2021
0: well honestly um you got to say Ricky Hendrick's the best
4: i you know what you can't argue we went to their facility by far, blew us away. It was,
3: it was honestly the nicest out of all.
2: Definitely, of Definitely, yes, the best uh, facility that we saw with like the best like training facility. You know, just everything. It was. It looked like a campus, like a, a it was. school campus.
0: It was a full campus. I was sad though because we didn't get to see all of it because we had to come to Joe Gibbs and Penske's first.
1: Hey. When we are a NASCAR family with different drivers from different teams, we got to make time for each other, Johan. All right.
0: Well, we, we only got to go to the gift shop that day. And we came back the next
4: day and checked it all out. In any event, yes, Hendrick Racing is just top notch. And what they were able to do to put Kyle Larson in a very strong car, and he showed um, why, he was put in that car. Cause that's the other thing about Hendrick. He's not just going to put a guy in a car just to put a guy in a car. Like you better have some talent and he proved it and, and did really, really well. And I think the sport felt really good about it. Um, Bubba Wallace, there was actually a shot, I believe in victory lane, Bubba Wallace came and saluted him and congratulated him. And I know NASCAR jumped on that to, you know, to show the fact that, you know, here are two guys that were embroiled in different, controversies what regarding race last year one on a a really a bad side saying something you shouldn't have said and then someone going through it unfortunately um and became a symbol of of a positive and good for the sport and for for bubba being that guy that symbol for the sport uh went and saluted and and congratulated uh kyle larson i think that that's really good and shows again that uh second chances are a real thing and it's important Um, and, uh, you know, he, he's done well for himself and he just needs to continue to, to, to grow and, and to, you know, share his message of, 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 of why it's so important. You gotta be careful the kinds of language that you, that you have in your, in your, in your mind and, and the way that you respect other people, um, and, and, and not to disrespect, um, complete races. And that's what he had done and he's learned from it. So, um, happy to see that he is, uh, moving forward in the sport.
2: Speaking of Bubba, um, he didn't do so well in this race. Unfortunately, he his, his car had problems. They had power steering problems, and uh, he finished twenty eighth in this race. So it wasn't uh, a good run for him for the for the uh what is it
4: twenty three eleven team? Tw- what is it twenty three eleven? Only Michael Jordan's number. Yes, the twenty three eleven team. He has not had the kind of uh early season that I was hoping for. I'm just kind of scanning uh the season schedule and trying to see when they're heading to Charlotte. Ooh, that's May cuz I you know I we t- just talked about Danny Suarez having a good showing top 15 in front of his home, you know, the the hometown kind of uh you know in front of the owner. The Charlotte race, you know, of course in North Carolina, home of Michael Jordan. Uh could could be an opportunity for Bubba to want to to, to do well and shine. So, but you know what? Maybe the flip side. Maybe he just needs time to to really build and and gel with his team and get that that team going in the right Ir- direction. Kind of
2: ironing out those kinks too, because it's a brand new team. Yeah. So, um, we just talked about Hendricks having strong cars, and in this Vegas race, another team that actually did well in contrast to. Um, Homestead was the Joe, G- uh, the Joe Gibbs. No, not Joe Gibbs. I'm sorry, the Penske cars.
4: Well, Joe Gibbs did well. Kyle well, Bush well I wasn't. Yeah,
2: I wasn't talking about top five. I wasn't talking about Joe Gibbs though. I was meant to talk about Penske because they didn't do well in Homestead, but they actually did really well and were strong in Vegas. All three cars had, uh, I believe, they had top ten finishes.
4: Yeah, you had uh, Brad Keselowski. Sorry, Johan, I'm going to steal your thunder here. You had Brad Keselowski finishing in second. You had Ryan Blaney finishing in fifth, and you had Joey Logano finishing in ninth. So, yeah. That's what I like to hear, boys. Now, I, again, before you guys get all excited, it's not like Joe Gibbs didn't do so bad themselves. You had Kyle Bush finishing in third, Danny Hamlin finishing in fourth, and Martin Truex Jr. finishing in sixth. So, kind of what we expect Penske, Joe Gibbs, duking it out, and every, you know, but at the end of the day, it was a Hendrick team that took home the victory.
0: I honestly, Dad. Um, with your thought of Bubba trying to get that win. Um, Casey Mears actually got his first and um only career win, but I'm talking about the first career win at the Charlotte Motor Speedway. And he that What race that was, was an, that? The um, the Coke 600,000 upset. So, maybe Bubba can actually do it.
4: I mean, that's a that's a tall order. That's not an easy race to win. Was there rain involved with that race?
0: And I don't think so.
4: That was a long time ago. I can't believe you even remember it. I'm sure there was some YouTube viewing for you on that. No, it
0: was actually NASCAR Heat 3 I was doing a challenge you and talked uh, about okay. upsets.
4: I was going to say, that was so long ago. I'm pretty sure that happened way before you were even born. Yep. <laughs> yes. All right. Well, before we move on and talk about next week, any last minute thoughts about the Las Vegas uh, Motor Speedway race that uh, happened this past weekend?
1: It was a good race. Yeah, it was a lot of fun. There was a lot of action. And I think the announcers even said that there were like so many lead changes just in the first stage, like it was gonna, it was gonna be even more than the previous race before COVID.
4: Yeah, there were there were quite a bit of lead changes, which is always good for these you know um, mile and a half, two mile you know length tracks, because you sometimes you don't see that. You know they, they string out. You got strong cars up front. There's a little bit more space. They're not as packed in, uh, but definitely a lot of that. Um, I didn't feel like there were too many cautions with this one. I'm trying to think, guys, how many cautions. They had six cautions for for 30 laps, so not too bad, not overly excessive. I think when you get into double digits and cautions, that's when it's like, okay, guys, it's getting ridiculous. Um, so not too bad.
2: Suarez so was another one who didn't have a great day. Um, he, uh, reading some of his comments, he just said they just couldn't get their car to, uh, perform the way that they wanted to. So, I mean, he just, you know, he says, you know, it's, it's a learning experience. Um, you know, they got to just tweak things and figure things out. And, uh, he finished 26th.
4: Yeah. Two laps down. So unfortunate that he didn't, um, lead or actually I'm looking at this. Am I reading this right? Did he read did he lead?
2: Yeah, he led because he stayed out. So when they went did one of the pit stops, um he stayed out and he got some he got some lead laps there um until the tire, the cars with the new tires caught up to him and passed him.
4: Well, you know what? He he's trying to keep that car up front, I guess is going to be his biggest challenge. Um but you know you, you're not going to you're going to have your rough days, especially when you didn't have a team last year. You
2: know, yeah, you're right. He's going to have uh, his rough days. But I will say we're seeing this 99 um, up and the front just in these last four races than we did all last year. Yeah, in true. his Other cars. Like, so. I know
4: I know you've always been a fan of Danny Suarez and we always look for him. And to be quite honest, I would forget that he was racing because you wouldn't see him you know, and, and, and this year, at least we're seeing his name and it's not just that we're looking for him. Like you're seeing them call his name out because he's pushed in his car to the front. So hopefully a a lot more good to come for him. And, and again, we're going to talk about track house, uh, racing in a, in a moment because it's going to be a very interesting uh, team to continue to watch, uh, for the rest of the year. So before we move on to, uh, next week's race, Karen, why don't you uh, take us through our race picks for last week, how did we all do?
2: Well, um, the majority of you guys did really well. Uh, I, unfortunately, I picked Kevin Harvick, who I thought was going to have a solid finish. And I don't know what is wrong with me this year, but I am just striking out. None of my drivers have given me any points. None of the selections that have given me any points. And so I don't know what's happening. I'm I'm at zero. Um, Sebastian. And
4: you- the reason why this is again, very interesting if you're new to the show, is that Karen actually won our little, you know, race picks tournament that we did as a family last year. She had gotten the best race picks throughout the entire season and won and was the best of us all. And this year she has gotten zero points for the entire season. And we've already raced four times.
2: So Sebastian, you went with uh, Kurt Busch. And again, he was really dominant in the last three races And nothing this race. He finished 19th, so Sebastian got zero. Um, Johan picked Joey Logano, who, again, we talked about. He had a top 10 finish, so uh, Johan got a one point. And Tony and Giovanni are our winners of the week. Tony picked Brad Keselowski, who, again, one of those Penske cars that had a really great finish. He finished second, so Tony got two points. And Giovanni picked Kyle Busch. So who also had a top five finish, finishing third, and he got
0: two points.
4: Johan, you had something to say?
0: Well, honestly, even... Is it about I...
4: Jimmy Johnson? Because we want to hear it.
0: No, it's not <laughs> about that. Even if I don't win this race, picks. hey, I got the league to back me up to win. On That's NASCARAC. true, he
2: is leading. So when we go on to pick our... Make choices for our next race picks. Johan will be the first one to go because he has five points. Then Tony is in second with four points. Sebastian and Giovanni are tied for third with two points, but Giovanni's gonna go first because he had the um highest uh finisher, finisher from, last from last week. And then of course I go last because I have zero silch nada.
4: Viva Las Vegas was last week. Sebastian. Where are we going next week?
1: We're heading to the desert for Phoenix, which last year was the final race before the COVID-19 pandemic.
4: And this week's race, Karen, do you know what this uh, race is uh, sponsored? It's the Instacart 500.
2: Oh, One nice. Of your
4: favorite brands.
2: <laughs> Absolutely. Why is
4: that, Karen? Not that this is sponsored by Instacart, I- but... What does Instacart do, Karen?
2: Instacart brings me my
3: groceries straight to my house and I don't have to go out. (laughs) Yes. So Download on the Apple Store right now. We are not sponsored. We're not (laughs) sponsored
4: by them. All right. So it's the Instacart 500 at Phoenix.
2: And now it's the Let's Go Racing Family Picks of the Week.
4: All right. As we said, it's the Instacart 500 this Sunday, March 14th. Johan, you are leading us in race picks this season. Who do you have winning in Phoenix?
0: Well, honestly, it's a Trace about keeping cool. And this Phoenix race is different than the last one at the end of the season because it's in spring. It's going to be hotter, so keeping your cool is a big thing. Not choosing the defending um winner at Phoenix, not Chase, not True X, not Kyle. So I'm going to choose the 2017. Um, Phoenix winner, um, Ryan Newman.
4: Ryan Newman? Wow. Wow, that, that came out of right field. All right. Tony, you're next. I'm next. This is going to be an easy one. Giovanni, I'm stealing him. Don't you Joey dare. Lugano, Don't you. Oh, my. 22. I'm done. I'm done. He won last year, uh, and I think he's going to do it again this year.
3: All right. You know what? I'm going to go up. I'm going to pick a bit of a wild card. So... I am going to go with Christopher Bell.
4: Christopher Bell. Wow, another wild card. All right, we'll see what he can do. He's already won this year. Can he do it again? Sebastian, who are you
1: picking to win this week at Phoenix? I'm also investing in the wild card um, batch. I'm going to go with Tyler Reddick to win. Tyler Reddick,
4: possibly his first win. All right, Karen. Coming up the rear. Can you get some points this week? You just need a top 10. I pick know. the a guy that'll finish I, I, in the top 10.
2: I know. Unfortunately, you guys have left me some good uh, choices here. So, so I don't think
4: mess this up. I
2: am going to go with the uh, 2020 champion, the number nine of Chase Elliott.
4: And then Chase Elliott wrecks first lap. Let's go. Yes. All right. Chase Elliott, last year's winner. Uh, he actually finished seventh in the spring race. So not a bad pick. All right. Those are our race picks for Phoenix. All right. As we come down to the last part of our podcast for this week, we're going to talk in our racing through life segment about two topics. The first is going to be about track house racing. It is in one of the new teams that just launched this year and is co-owned by Pitbull. We learned a lot more about this team this week with the YouTube documentary uh, that was on, um, that was released. I'm sorry, not on. It was released last week. We had a chance to watch it. and I think we learned a lot about not just the team, but NASCAR life and, and really, I, I kind of Made me more of a fan of of Danny Suarez and, and this team.
1: Yeah, and one thing I really enjoyed is that it made me realize how important and excited these people were for the team. Pitbull, Suarez, and the team and the other team owner—I can't remember his name—Justin Marks. Justin Marks. They were all super excited mm-hmm. about bringing this team and making it work.
2: Yeah. One of the things that we saw in the video that I thought was really cool is just how excited everybody is. Like even like the the pit crew, when they were practicing that you saw you saw them practicing on the cars for the pit stops when they were done. There, I guess the pit crews have like a captain kind of, right? And so the captain was like, you know, come on, let's bring it in. And, you know, they would like, they, they'd said something and then they chanted like 99. And they were just really pumped. And one of the things that the, um, that the owner, Justin Marks, was saying was that he was so appreciative of the fact that these guys had come over to this brand new team and taken this chance, you know, but it was because they all believe in this team. And and what's possible with this team, even even Daniel Suarez, like in the video, he you see him and he he says that people were saying, what, you're going to tr- you're going to go to another team like you're going to take that risk. But he just felt that this is this was an opportunity that he had to take, you know, and he sees the I think everybody like everybody just watching it. You can see that everybody from the owner to, you know, all the way down to the last person, they all are excited and have they all feel that this team has great possibilities and they see the vision for this team.
3: I think that's, I think that's really good. And that's what a good NASCAR team has to have good team coordination. You guys have to be all like working together and you have to have fun and you all have to be like able to know and just believe that you guys are going to have a good team. Because if you have that mentality You can get so far and do so much better than any other team in NASCAR, and you will just get so far. And I think that great team coordination is so good for newer and younger teams.
4: We heard a lot about Justin Marks talking in this documentary about track house racing and having... Uh, anybody that was going to be a part of the team really believing in the vision and kind of getting behind what the team is all about. And, you know, just looking at their website here, you know, their mission is a positive impact on and off the track. It says solving the most important equation, turning a negative into a positive. And we actually saw that play out. And I actually learned something about one of the co owners, Pitbull, who actually has his own tuition free school in Miami. And it's, it's, it's pretty, it was pretty cool. And, and, and we talked about the fact that they raced in Homestead, they had a top 15. And then the very next day, most of the team, if not everyone went to the school to talk to these kids and to talk about NASCAR and, and, and just the impact that they have off the track is just as important as what they're trying to do on the track. And, you know, a lot of, you know, I think that that mission, that vision for the team obviously attracted someone like Pitbull to want to be a part of and is got has gotten the eye of of NASCAR. And, you know, even though it's not an official NASCAR team, um, I think there are a lot of people in NASCAR that want to see this team succeed. Uh, he is partnered from a technical standpoint with who? What team, Johan?
0: RCR. The, um, the team RCR has... Um
4: and for our fans that don't know what RCR is, who is RCR?
0: Richard Childress Racing.
4: Yeah, so they're building the cars, building the engines, right?
0: Yep. And um, those of you who like Dale Earnhardt, um, he's the second best day to, or the second best NASCAR driver of all time. But um, he's actually Dale Senior actually raced so for
4: RCR.
0: I'm talking about um Dale Senior um raced for RCR in his days when he raced for art, when he raced in whatever time period he raced in.
3: Yeah, so I think Suarez definitely has um some potential, and I think he's got a good team and a good car behind him.
2: You know, one of the things that stood out to me from uh, this documentary was towards the end, um, Justin Marks said that, he said, you know, man- men spend their time, you know, doing things for themselves. He's like, but at some point you have to stand up and say, what am I going to do for others? And, you know, as a former driver, he, you know, this isn't about him, you know, being behind the seat. This is about what is he going to do for others? So again, it goes along with that, you know, vision of, you know, what impact are you making off and on, you know, on and off the track. And what are you doing? And I think them going to the the SLAM charter school down in Miami was one of those things, you know, the impacts that you can make on communities um, through NASCAR off the track.
4: And for those of you who are like, what's SLAM mean? Uh, it's an acronym for Sports Leadership and Management. And, uh, you know, the mission and, and, and the vision of the school is is really to provide innovative, in-depth, secondary education program that produces college-bound students to emphasize on sports-related majors and post-secondary preparation. So in other words, it's a tuition-free school that helps change the trajectory of young kids so that now they're thinking about going to a big-time school and maybe pursuing a career in sports management. Uh, so it, it's actually
2: Which It's amazing because I think that's what schools should do. You know, you should you should harness what kids are interested in, what strengths they have and develop and build on those, you know, and then you you kind of are like, you know, set to go on to the next step. So I think that's that's incredible. I really that that was, you know. Something really cool to see. One of my favorite things that I love about this documentary and that I love about documentaries, I, I wish that they would continue either this one or do some other ones. But I just love seeing like the, you know, backstage, the the life of Daniel Suarez, the everyday life that we got to see in in this video, you know, just seeing him with his girlfriend at home, you know, when he was on the track uh, or at, at like Daytona for speed weeks and everything that goes into it, like all the behind the scenes. I love seeing all that behind the scenes. It kind of gives you of like these drivers.
3: It kind of gives you a bit of more connection to him, because like if you see this and you see who Daniel is, you can maybe like make connections like, oh, yeah, I'm I, uh, like I'm kind of like that, you know, or like something yeah. like that.
4: Yeah, no, it it, 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 it humanizes them. Right. And it makes you see them like just like regular people. And that's one of the reasons why people become fans of uh, certain drivers, certain teams. So yeah, no, I loved it. And honestly, the the saddest part about watching this this documentary. Again, it's forty-five minutes. If you're remotely interested in NASCAR and want to get a very unique perspective, go look this up. It's track house racing uh documentary. Uh, I'll probably w- Send out links uh, with the podcast and with our social posts this week. So if you're interested, make sure you watch it. You get a really cool, unique view of NASCAR from behind the scenes, and uh, I think you'll you you might walk away a fan of Danny Suarez and Trackhouse Racing. They're a bit of an underdog, but because of their connection to Richard Childress Racing or RCR, they're elevated into like what's considered a Tier One Chevrolet program. They're getting the same cars, same engines. That RCR is putting on the track for his drivers that are winning races. So if Danny Suarez has the talent we all think he does, and he seems to have a very well, solid and again, team behind let, him, let me
2: remind you he is an Xfinity champ. Yeah. So clearly he has skills and he is a good driver.
4: So he this just is, hasn't had the opportunity to prove it. yes
2: to prove it in the Cup Series.
4: And what's interesting, and he's driven. He drove for Joe Gibbs Racing two years ago. And then he had a, you know, the last two years, not so good. I, I honestly don't remember what the team was.
0: Um, Stuart Haas was, was it 2019. Stu- and then last year was the 96. I forgot the team name, though.
4: So he's he so he drove for Joe Gibbs, Stuart Haas, and now this track house racing. And he said in the documentary, again, mind you, he's only four races in. But with the connection with Richard Childress uh, racing and, and the backing of, you know, with Pitbull and all of that and the sponsors that they have. Um, that are are signing up now. They don't have long term sponsors, but they got some good ones that that have come on board early. Hopefully, that can continue. He said this is probably the best opportunity he has in his NASCAR career to make it in the Cup Series. So, really rooting for him. Thought it was really cool and really enjoyed watching it.
2: Yeah, definitely, definitely a must watch. And uh, we're definitely rooting for Daniel Suarez this year.
4: Let's be honest with our with our audience here. We're we're Hispanic. We've talked about that, and I think that's one of the reasons why. We had a connection with Danny Suarez. Uh, he's uh, being obviously uh, a Latino um, from the Latin American community, and uh, that that immediately has we have a, a, a bit of a connection with him. And again, seeing someone like Pitbull coming into the sport, it it, it demonstrates the importance of inclusion uh, and and diversity. bringing diversity into opening a sport up a we sport love. To, opening it up,
2: you know, new fans is is a great thing.
4: And I, and I think it's only it, it will only continue to perpetuate growth for the sport if you continue to include other groups that may not have had the same opportunities. And and honestly, I think the next big thing for NASCAR is going to be when you have another full-time woman driver in the sport. Regardless of your opinions of Danica Patrick, she helped push the sport to new audiences, new fans, she brought, you know, uh, little girls into the sport who may not have given NASCAR a chance, but because there was a woman driving, these little girls could see themselves being there. And it's so important that we have what's called gender equality. That means whether you're a man or a woman, you have equal opportunities to do whatever it is that you want to do and dream up. And one of the things that I love about NASCAR is that at the end of the day, you just got to have the skills to drive that car. You don't have to be the tallest. You don't have to be the smallest. You don't have to be the biggest. If you can wheel that car, you can work your way to the front and you can you can win races. And this is why I firmly believe we are going to see a woman champion in the highest Uh, levels of NASCAR someday. And so anyway, with that thought of inclusion and, and gender equality, this week was International Women's Day. And for the month of March, it's all about the celebration of women and why they're so important. And so for the most important woman in all of our lives, I want to give your mom a chance to talk about why it is important that we celebrate and what does that mean to her being a fan of a sport that right now doesn't really have a lot of female representation at the top level, but they're coming. I, there's there's actually uh, quite a few um, women that are in the, uh, in the developmental leagues of NASCAR. So Karen, what does International Women's Day and month mean to you? And Why is it important?
2: International Women's Month is important because it signifies showing that women Actually, I think how far women have come. I mean, there have been some women, you know, thanks to some women in the past that have paved the way for all of us to be able to do things that we weren't able to do before. You know, I I think it's it's great the fact that um you know women are treated you know are, we're at an an equal level and uh, we can accomplish things that we didn't and I, I think that's that's great and with the way that I bring this into NASCAR is I think it's so great to see that there are young ladies who are coming into the sport. Um, I think to me that the, the disappointing the disappointment that I have with Danica Patrick is that when she came over to NASCAR, I think it was, she just became a brand. You know, I personally feel that she should have stayed in Indy because that seems that, uh, that seemed to be her passion. You know, she, she was a race car driver and I think she would have flourished and she would have been very competitive and would have been a winner in, um, in Indy. And so when she came over to NASCAR, she just became this brand kind of like this symbol of like, Oh yeah, we can have a woman in NASCAR. But I think there was more to that. And I'm hoping that some of these young, uh, ladies like, um, like uh, Haley Deegan, and there's another young lady who won last year in ARCA. These, I hope these girls start moving up and being very competitive and being about racing. Because again, I think that wasn't like, for me, Danica became a brand and it wasn't so much about racing. But I hope that these girls bring this passion of racing and can show other little girls that, you know what? You can grow up to be a NASCAR driver too. It's not just a boy's game. You can compete in NASCAR and the thing with like driving vehicles, driving cars. So along any, any, you know, racing platform, NASCAR, F1, Indy, you know, you can be a man or you can be a woman and you guys can compete in the same sport. And so I think that's an advantage that women have that we can compete with men in this sport.
4: Gracie Trotter was the winner last year um, in the Arca, Arca Menard series. Thank you. Yes. And so, and she's, what is she? She's eight, she's 19. So she's young and she, she already won a race. And then you talk about Haley Deegan. I think Haley Deegan's like 19 too. So I think it's great that you have both, you have two different drivers and I hope they both come up together and, and compete at the top levels of, of NASCAR. I just think it's exciting to see that you could potentially have a woman racing in the top. Uh, series at some point in the foreseeable future And I, I, I think it's going to be big For the for the sport And why it's so important that we continue This this theme of inclusion Yes Johan
0: So when I grew up to be an NASCAR driver I actually want to race against Like some girls in the sport I don't want it to just be men Why? So then it feels like more of a gender sport Like different people can come into the sport
3: You want more of inclusion in it Rather than just being a predominantly male sport,
0: mhm,
4: so johan i I think it's really cool that you say that uh that you would you would like to race against women in the sport because you think it's fair and and all that you know I think it's kind of cool you and your brother like to game quite a bit, and I think it's also really cool that one of your best friends that you're always gaming with is a girl and you enjoy playing those games with her and 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 isn't it fun to to be able to have someone like her to to race with you or to to potentially maybe one day race with you
0: yeah it would be fun um
4: maybe you got to get her into racing that's your next challenge tell her there's there's there are going to be girls racing in nascar so she can follow it
0: well there's at least like two girls yeah okay, there's then. two there you go no there's
4: well, there's two that have won already, and Arca, and and uh, well, when
0: they get to the Cup, okay.
4: Well, yeah, no, no woman has ever won a race at the Cup Series, and so that'll be, that'll be groundbreaking when that finally happens. Now, Danica Patrick did win, but it was an IndyCar race, and she came close. She put her car on the pole for the Daytona 500 and led laps, so that's still pretty impressive.
0: Well, actually, she had a, a, her best race was in the Xfinity Series, but you know what ruined it? Not a driver, a shoe.
4: What happened? She ran what? over a
0: shoe, and then her car, and then her cards did not work, and she was out of the race.
3: <laughs> a shoe? You're, act- you're actually kidding me. Yeah. A shoe. Some a
0: fan just boom, took the shoe off <laughs> and threw it on the track. You're joking. And when she was leading, NASCAR says that it was actually the when she went out was just um because early in the race or it was just problems because early in the race you had vibrations, but fans say that it was actually the shoe. The shoe ruined Danica Patrick's best race. That's crazy.
4: And maybe had that shoe not happened, she'd still be racing. Maybe. We'll never know. All right, guys. So I think this week's episode was a lot of fun. We had a lot of wide ranging topics, much more of a conversation and something we are hoping to do a little bit more with our podcast this year. So with that said, Giovanni, why don't you take us out?
3: Well, that's going to wrap up this week's episode. Thank you guys so much for listening on, and please consider liking and subscribing, and also follow all of our socials. But anyway, let's grow some family. Out.